0: couch podcast is a weekly conversation with dr lakeitha Poole, a licensed professional counselor in baton rouge louisiana about all things mental health and personal growth the emerald couch podcast is the go-to pop site dialogue for self-help good laughs and real talk this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health professional and is for educational and entertainment purposes only For more information about counseling and therapeutic services, or for assistance in connecting with a therapist in your area, visit our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Let's start the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Emerald Couch. This is your host, Dr. Lakeitha Poole, back with you for season two. Um, Thank you guys, as always, for continuing to support and to um, engage around our mental health topics. So, we are back with another another week, as always. Um, And you guys know what to do make sure you follow us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Um, make sure you rate us on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud. Um, And if you have questions or just want to engage with us more, you have specific um, questions or needs specifically around mental health, make sure you reach out to us through our website, www.smalltalkcounseling.com and share, share with others. If you enjoy listening to the podcast or engaging with us, make sure you tell someone else about it. So we have reached episode 40, if you can believe that, which is kind of amazing and crazy all at the same time. Um, I am super excited about it. I don't necessarily know that a year ago when I started the podcast that I um, knew how long I would do it or if I would still be doing it. But um, it has continued to be something fun and exciting for me to do. I think we've made a huge impact in being able um, to pull the curtain back on mental health and what it means to engage these topics in a way that is not invasive and that can be fun and we can laugh, but we can also learn a lot um, and have really, really great discussions with great guests. So. Um, I'm super grateful for all of you as always, and I hope that you will keep tuning in um, beyond this wonderful episode 40. So, speaking of episode 40, um, this week I'm super excited to be sharing this topic with all of you, um, particularly knowing that in the world of mental health, um, what we're going to talk about today often gets overlooked. I think it comes up more so when people start thinking about wellness, but I don't know if people go into it in as much detail. As possible, And over the last um, few episodes, since starting the new year in season two, I've kind of hinted at um, this being sort of a passion area of mine. I've, I've talked about it even being like kind of my self-care area. So I'm really excited to dedicate an entire episode to it because those of you who listen in all the time um, ask for more on this topic. So I'm excited for us to get going with it and to just spread the message about the connection between Um, this really cool topic and mental health. So I know you're so full of suspense right now, but (laughs) the topic itself is therapeutic design, um, specifically about how to create spaces for positive mental health. And so by spaces, I mean your home, I mean your office. Um, If you are somebody who works maybe in corporate America, how to create um, even design around architecture, all of these things can be utilized in that way. Um, But now what we know is that there's just much more empirical data and research based evidence out there about the therapeutic benefits um, of specifically designed spaces that I couldn't ignore this as an area, particularly knowing that most of us spend um, a lot of time in certain places. So the majority of us spend, you know, probably most of our day in a work environment, whereas those of us um, who maybe maybe you work from home or you don't necessarily Um, working a career outside the home, you spend the majority of your time at home. Well, of course, those spaces need to be able to be comfortable, but also to evoke um, mental health um, for your well-being, but also for the well-being of those that you interact with. So we're going to get into all of that today. So I want to share with you guys some of the research um, and some tips in order to be able to maybe make sort of your most important spaces, so again, your bedrooms, your bathrooms, your living rooms, your offices, um, therapeutically appeasing, but also how to make them healing spaces. Um, and not just healing spaces, in that if you're a therapist, that people come in and they feel great, which I hope people do when they come to small talk, but um, you as an individual, like how to use the spaces that you occupy to heal your mind, heal your body, heal your soul. Um, and so I'm, I'm super, super excited about it. So let's get into it. Um, so research on human behavior in general, um, and specifically around that and design principles um, specifically speak to the idea of promoting positive interactions. And so, in most cases, when we're thinking about how to design a great space, we're thinking about how to interact internally. So, like our internal self with the space, but also how we will function and interact with individuals. So, that might be our families, that could be co workers. Um, and so, what we are seeing now is Um, a lot of people, particularly in healthcare design, are thinking about this. So for any of you who have experienced um, the therapy experience by going to someone who is in private practice or even um, in a clinical setting, you'll notice that um, in most cases, the actual office space is set up like a place that you could probably feel very much at home in. So you usually will see lighter colored walls, Neutral tones, just things that evoke a sense of peace and wellness, lots of um, natural sunlight. And so um, I think if anyone is listening who has been a client of ours here at Small Talk Counseling, you'll notice that um, the offices, they're all different, but yet. All hopefully evoke peaceful emotions that allow you to open up and that allow you to be able um, to feel a sense of clarity as you sort through your ideas or your issues in a way that makes the most sense for you. So, when people first enter the lobby at Small Talk, um, everything in there is like neutral tones. Those people who know me know that I'm a huge fan of the beach and my favorite color is blue. So obviously our lobby has a lot of blue, um, but lots of like tans and light browns um, and lots of sunlight. So it's really great that like our office immediately coming from outside from the entrance door, um, which is huge, um, lets in a lot of natural sunlight and we have a huge window in there as well. And so it's a great space because... There's not a ton in there. It's really like clean and and almost not necessarily sterile, but um, pretty organized in a way where it's a lot of openness so that people who are coming for the first time and who might be a little nervous, they already get the sense that they're like sitting in their living room or sitting in um, a relaxing office space so that they're not in their head too much about like what's gonna happen next. So if you enter my office specifically, I'm a huge fan um, of different types of like monochromes and um, neutral colors as well. So my office um, has a lot of creams, um, a lot of gold, and then I kind of offset that with black because it's it's a basic color. Um, It's easy on the eyes um, and it goes really, really well actually to highlight Um, the bright areas of the room, which includes the sofa that folks sit on. And then of course, because I'll never get rid of it, the Emerald Couch itself is in the office too, Um, And so that's a focal point of the room. And so the way in which even the furniture is arranged leaves a lot of openness between where I sit and where the client sits on the sofa, as well as when we conduct groups um, where the main sofa is and where the Emerald couch is, there's also openness so that if there are 10 of us in my office at once, everybody feels a part of the conversation. Um, And then I'm fortunate in that my office is also the only one that has two huge windows in it as well. So there's lots of natural sunlight, which is really important for me personally, but also for my clients when they come in, particularly those that come to see me in the daytime, um, they get to benefit from that as well. So a lot of times I won't even necessarily have to have all of the fluorescent lighting on, which isn't as natural um, and doesn't feel as good and as open and as welcoming um, as natural sunlight. So just some things to think about So I really, really love this quote um, by Dr. Sally Augustine who talks about what a space really should be like. Um, And when I was designing both the lobby and my office um, here at Small Talk, I tried to think about this without even having found this quote, Um, but I really, really love it. So she says, a space should be something that supports you as you try to achieve specific goals. An implied um, feeling that occurs when you walk into it and immediately feel support it. Um, For therapy offices, this could mean creating something that's super calm, very refreshing, kind of just balancing what you're about to come in to do, which is usually pretty intense um, emotional work, pretty intense mental health work. And so she always says um, that being able to create that in, in... That type of setting is important. And so Dr. Augustine is an implied um, environmental and design psychologist, and she's actually the founder of Design with Science, which is an international consulting firm that talks all about this. So we won't go into that much detail, but for any clinicians or any really helping professional who has a space that they have the opportunity to make their own, to really consider that, just figuring out how do you create a space that really supports you and your clients in achieving your specific goals. So another, um, I think, critical area, and, and you guys will be surprised because I usually always have a Psychology Today article for you, but actually I have um, an APA, which is the American Psychological Association article that I reference um, to be able to think about this. And so that article itself is, is entitled Healing by Design by Tori DeAngelis. Um, and she offered some very specific tips around um, creating a space that I think can be useful to any of you all who are listening, some of which I even shared in my description of the Small Talk office. But I think being able to really think about this, whether you're doing maybe a home design project or you're really trying to, again, create a sense of openness so that you can achieve the goals um, of your office space, but even the goals of your home, which might just be to enter a relaxing environment where you don't carry in the things from the day um, into that space. So couple tips. Um, and these, I guess, maybe apply more to practitioners, but I don't necessarily think so. I think these could also be for people in the home, but we'll talk about both. Um, so the first was keep it light. Um, the, I, I think I mentioned in here specifically, and I'm saying in here because I'm recording in the office, um, the color of the office walls totally sets a tone. So wall colors in light or soothing colors, which doesn't necessarily have to mean like white or cream, um, but that could be like a really, really light green or dusty blue, um, really just sort of evoke that sense of calm and relaxation um, and really just makes that sense of ease um, much more natural to achieve. And so environmental designers really focus on um, being able to keep a light airiness to a room in order to make it more welcoming, more appealing. Um, Tip number two is go with the grain. So for reasons that aren't actually super clear, people actually prefer natural colored wood with a grain rather than those sort of like non-grainy surfaces. Um, And that's just based on a research study, not necessarily any particular reason because of that. Um, They just feel more comfortable with wood than things like glass and chrome because those seem much more cold. Um, They don't seem as welcoming. They don't seem as homey. Um, with that being said, there's obviously a limit to like how much wood you should have. Don't like make your whole office look like a log cabin. Um, but research does show that when natural wood surfaces like floors and walls, um, are present, it creates again, a much more welcoming environment that people prefer. But if those walls or those floors, um, exceed 45% of a room surface, then they start losing their like stress busting powers basically so then it starts to be a little weird um a little too uniform so just be mindful of that um tip number three is to let the sun shine in so i've mentioned this earlier i'm a huge fan of natural light not just in my office space but also in my home um because natural light is a natural mood booster so a huge mood booster so when possible find ways to incorporate, you know, windows or skylines into an office if you can. Um, if windows are sort of at eye level, like that's always the best view to look out on like natural scenery. If you have that in the space that you are, um, for instance, in small talk offices, if you look out any of our windows, you're going to see the parking lot. And so for us, it's not about the level of the windows themselves. And so that's why we keep the blinds open to a certain extent to let the light in, but to keep sort of the distractions of, you know, a busy parking lot out. Um, and so just being able to sort of make sure that you you aren't, you know, keeping your eye on like bustling sidewalks or roads um, to, to sort of let that light in. If your office doesn't have windows, then use things like floors and table lamps, Um, floor and table lamps, not the floor, um, with soft lighting instead of like overhead fluorescent lighting, like I mentioned as well, it's comes across a little bit more cold. Um, fluorescent lighting is more sterile, um, feels more like being in the hospital, um, table lamps and floor lamps promote a feeling of comfort and coziness, Um, And actually, there are even certain light bulbs you can buy that simulate natural light, which can, again, boost that positive ambiance and um, really create that sense of calm and peace in those offices that might be windowless. So um, in my office on campus, I actually have a lot of lamps um, because the windows that I do have, they are open up to the inside of the building, not to outside. And so just being able to let some more sun in um, is really great. Tip number four, embrace the natural. So bringing nature into the office. So that could be plants. um, If it's like in the artwork, this could be decorative objects. This could be like a plant filled courtyard that's right outside as people walk in. It could be a courtyard that's indoor. Um, So just being able to think about what does it mean to enhance the healing quality of a space, any sort of like landscaped area, um, that includes plants is really, really great. And I mean, what research has shown us is that just looking at landscaping has actually been shown to lower blood pressure. So um, just being able to sort of create that um, or duplicate it if you can is really, really good. So if you can have the right nature-based artwork, it can also give clients a way to kind of just feel much more relaxed um, and sort of like muse on their life situation. So images of a pathway, you know, so walking through a very pretty scenery of a forest, um, being able to really see like, you know, a bench in the middle of like an appealing garden um, can really just foster that relaxation or allow clients to create some sort of mental association with the imagery. And so just being able to sort of have that sense of openness um, is necessary for the therapeutic process, for sure. But if you're not in the counseling industry, um, it can also, you know, just again, help create that sense of calmness that you might be wanting to evoke in a client, especially if they're a new client. So you really wanna just look at a scene that would be comfortable for people to enter because you want them to be comfortable entering your office space or entering um, your home. And then last tip, number five, use positive distractions. So a lot of times this might include like having a fish tank in a medical office um, even though they're somewhat cliche, um, being able to sort of have that as a distraction helps to ease people. Um, and they're positive distractions, so they're not negative. But it's, you know, a glance at that tank or something like, um, like I mentioned, landscapes earlier, flowers can really provide sort of a reprieve from talking about the heavy things. It, it sort of creates a positive distraction. Um, that still creates a sense of purpose for being there, but you want views that kind of draw you in and that give the part of the brain that has to focus um, a mini break, a little escape. Um, and so it's nice to think about something as simple as some fish um, enjoying their time in their tank then having to think about what you may have to share um, coming up. In your time in therapy, or if you're, you know, having a serious doctor's appointment about something related to your health, um, it's just much easier. So, those are more for office spaces, but obviously, um, many of which can also be used in the home. But I do want to talk a little bit about in the home, just because I think that that's important. Um, And that's probably where most people care more to put their energy into um, decorating. And so you follow similar rules, but you have much more flexibility because it's your house. Um, One of the things that I think is um, more important and you have much more flexibility with is color, um, so color psychology, for people who aren't familiar, has had a place in well-being for as long as it has existed. Um, it's a great way to sort of evoke culture, um, style, and of course, different colors give off different feelings and evoke different emotions. And so if a home color scheme contradicts the energy um, of the people in that home, it can create a conflicting psyche for those that live there. And who wants that? Like who wants to be this like happy, cheery family and everything in your home is like black and brown and dark. Um, So being able to really be flexible and do um, a little bit of playing around with color is really important. So if you are interested more in color psychology or just curious about it, you should definitely look it up um, because there are lots of great benefits to utilizing color in a home um, to just change the whole vibe and what it feels like. Another area is um, organization and cleanliness. So it is really, really important to be able to have the ability to move freely in spaces. Um, And that doesn't mean that you have to, you know, become like a minimalist and have literally like one chair, one table um, in your home. But being able to sort of understand that. Um, the amount of freedom and flexibility in space that you have, it's oftentimes a reflection of your state of mind. And so I'm guilty of this um, when like my living room has like mail that's piled up or things that, um, you know, when you get off from work, you put your you take your shoes off and you sit on the sofa and you leave the shoes there for the next week. Um, those things, after a while, they pile up. And so then your living room has now become like an extension of your closet, which is an extension of your bedroom. Um, and so there's no sort of clear cut way to understand the flow of your home. Um, and so it's sort of Creates this like negative energy um, until you clean it up. And so, oftentimes, our cars are like this as well. We're not talking about cars today either, but um, your car is actually a really, really good example of the state of mind that you're probably in. Like, just being able to recognize that if your car is a mess, more than likely it's time to clean it out because your brain is probably a mess from all the things that you have going on. So, Don't feel guilty about it, but figure out, you know, what do you need to do to create organization? So that is usually every kind of fall to spring, I spend that part or those parts of the year um, just trying to like create new ways to organize my life. So right now, my task and my home is to create a mini like closet office. So my actual closet, I took all of my clothes out because I had too many in there and I One of the poles broke in the closet. (laughs) So I took the clothes out and actually turned one of my spare bedrooms into a full, like, closet room, um, which I appreciate so much more because my clothes are in there, um, my vanity's in there to sort of get ready, my shoes are in there. So, um, and it made more space. So then it feels more organized when I walk in to get ready for work in the morning. Um, Everything has a place. And that is something that I love about, um, being able to sort of create that. And so now since the actual closet, which is much, much smaller, um, that's in my bedroom is empty. I have decided to turn it into a smaller office. So even though I have my practice, um, I have my office at LSU, um it's nice that if i wanted to you know have just a, a separate place to break away with a closed door um i could do that and it actually feels like an office when i walk in it doesn't feel like a closet anymore and so i'm almost done with that task um and i'm i'm pretty pretty excited about it and so being able to recognize that had i not decided to sort of go on this like cleaning organization spree Um, all those things will be blurred. My closet will be crammed, um, even more so. And probably the other side would have broken as well. Um, and it would just be a mess. And so sometimes it's just being able to reorganize for the sake of realizing you actually probably have more space than you suspect. Um, but things just need to be cleaned up a little bit in order to do that. So really be able to figure out how you can, um, move more freely in your spaces and, and move things around in the way that makes the most sense for you. um, Lastly, just being able to think about design in this way um, is really about the concept of being able to enhance any form of healing. So I always like to think of my home as a sanctuary. And I tell that to my clients, like that should be the place where you feel the safest, where you feel like you can be most like yourself. Um, And so the hope is that you can create a real place that not only looks good, but supports positive growth and positive change. And so for you, your home, Um, While most of us don't think of it as a place that evokes change or evokes growth, it actually does because that is usually where we have most of our meals or where we make some of our toughest decisions as we talk it over with family. And so you really want to be able to create a space that you connect to and that enhances the healing process of you just being able to be who you are as an individual, as a family, if it's in your workplace or your office space for you and your clients. Um, And so that's really, really important. So don't take that for granted. So I usually give my clients um, in the office homework. And so I've never done this on the podcast before, but I do want to give everyone who's listening a little homework assignment just as a closing activity, but just start to pay attention to how you feel as you move about your space from room to room, from your kitchen to your living room to your bedroom, um, if it's in your office, from your lobby to your actual office to the restrooms, if there's a kitchen area and really start to pay attention to like where do you spend your most time? How do you react as you you know experience those spaces? You know what does it look like to live in those spaces? And so this could be everything from the height of the ceilings to do you have plants in there? Um, just anything that can be kind of subtle but also is pretty pervasive. Um, that might be able to improve your mood by making a change or alleviate some anxiety or even help you focus better. Um, what we know is that as humans, we intuitive, intuitively um, respond to environments that promote productivity um, as well as like things like intimacy and efficiency. And so if you can create that in some way that helps to motivate you, um, then definitely go for that, and of course, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later. If you need support in that, there are actually folks who can help you with that. Um, one of which you're listening to right now. But just being able to really pay attention to what your spaces. Are um, like and make note of it and figure out if some of the tips you heard today you could implement in order to improve your space um, and enhance the healing that is provided to you so that you can experience that positive growth and the change and the happiness um, that your home environment or your work environment is supposed to provide to you. So that wraps up our topic on um, sort of healing spaces and therapeutic design and how you can create a positive space Um, for your mental health. And so we'll stop right there for a break and we'll be back with our signature segments. We are back. Um, with our signature segments. And so first up is our pop psych moment of the week. So I think I've mentioned this and obviously it's tied to our main topic from the first half of the show. But one of my longtime hobbies and actually self care practices is sort of this concept around interior design. And so I spend as weird as it may sound, um, any downtime that I can find exploring stores like Home Goods and TJ Maxx and Kirkland. Um, sometimes, buying things but often not just to kind of see what is both trendy but also functional um, in spaces and so my clients sometimes even notice that like at least once a year, there is a huge shift or a change in the office space, um, which I think they enjoy because it makes the place always seem new, but it still keeps that sense of openness that makes them comfortable and feel welcomed. Um, And so just being able to sort of like stay up on that sort of thing is really important to me, but it really is therapeutic. I'm super, um, into thinking about how colors affect our mood and sort of really being able to implement that into my practice and then teaching it to my clients as well. So that has been really, really fun. Um, And so of course, I'm excited to announce as our pop psych moment of the week, an expansion in our services at small talk counseling, um, within the practice to small talk interiors. And so, um, our moment this week is to introduce it to you guys, help you think about, um, if it's something that you might be interested in, particularly for our listeners who maybe you don't live in the Baton Rouge or New Orleans or Lafayette area, um, where you can actually get To me here in Baton Rouge to um, know that we're also going to be offering electronic um, design services. So I'm super excited about that. Um, So I want people to really have an understanding of what Small Talk Interiors is and what it's not. So. I have not abandoned um, all of my years of schooling and my passion for mental health to become an interior designer. That is not it. Um, I really enjoy interior decor and again, more of the therapeutic design about how to make a space be more of a healing space. And so, as you think about you know the fact that your home or your office is probably one of the most personal spaces in your everyday life, um, and that's from you know choosing the right office chair um, and the lamp. That goes with that to just small decor details that maybe take like your bathroom from ordinary to amazing because you've organized it better and you've added some really um, cool touches that have made it seem much more luxurious. Um, small talk interiors is here to sort of bring the worlds of like wellness and affordable interior decorating into those spaces that you really really love most, and so. Using um, my knowledge of design therapy, color psychology, and of course, mental health, uh, we want to be able to help people make their most beloved spaces and rooms into therapeutic and functional places that complement your personal growth or if it's your office or professional growth um, and just being able to do that. So there's sort of no concept that's too small um, or that's too big and being able to really think about this. But um, I wanted obviously for my Emerald Couch listeners to get this first and hear this first, so you won't see any of this on social media yet. Um, the true sort of launch date publicly will probably come in April um, on our anniversary, so you all know about this first. Um, but information is already up on the website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com/interiors, um, and everything from being able to work with you about design concept development. So maybe you don't actually want. Um, Any of us to come in and actually, you know, placement or any of that stuff, but you just need a a concept or a theme um, based on your interests, based on your likes, based on your personality. We can talk with you about that. Um, Or maybe you do want more of like color consult or painting or figuring out how to take a room to the next level. Um, being able to think about art, accessories, fabric selections. We can also help you with that. And then of course, things like lighting, um, furniture selections to make again, your space functional, but also make it welcoming. Um, We can also assist you in that way as well. So we Will do this through our website. Um, if you are obviously in the area, we can do more in person with you, even um, do shopping with you. But just being able to make sure that those of you who are not in the area, if you are interested in e design services or digital concept boards to be sent, um, you can totally do that, and that is accessible to you through Small Talk Interior. So I'm always excited when um, we get to be our own pop psych moment of the week because a lot of times. Um, These topics end up being like Wendy Williams-esque. So I'm excited that it's still something directly related to mental health, um, but also useful in that those of you who maybe you have your personal and emotional well-being in check. And now in order to maintain that, you want to create a space, um, whether that's your home or your office, um, that fits well with that and that helps you to maintain that. And so we are happy and here to do that. So that is this week's Pop Psych Moment of the Week. Go check out the webpage on our website, www.smalltalkcounseling.com interiors and learn all about Small Talk Interiors and what we can offer. Um, and soon we'll actually have some client pictures up and um, being able to help you guys who are interested in getting going with that to do so. So check it out. And that is this week's pop psych moment of the week. Um, and then last up for today or for this episode is our Small Talk bookshelf. And so, of course, since we're on this theme of interior design, I wanted to mention um, an article that I think everybody should read, even if you're not necessarily interested in changing any of your spaces right now. I think it's useful. Um, And it's an article entitled Using Design Psychology to Create Ideal Places. And it's by Dr. Toby Israel, who is actually one of the like founders or a visionary founder around environmental psychology. Um, And so she has like years of experience in the field. Um, She's written a book about it for sure. And so just being able to really think about this concept of design psychology and what it means. And so the definition itself is the practice of architecture, planning, and interior design in which psychology is the principal design tool. And so what I love about her is that she speaks very specifically about the ability to be able to design from within. Um, And I think that that's really important in the fact that we oftentimes are trying to create a space Um, based on something else we've seen and we don't necessarily know the meaning behind what we've seen that we're trying to duplicate. Instead, sort of going internal, looking inside and figuring out, well, what is it that I would like to feel when I walk into this space? And so design psychology itself is meant to be um, emancipatory and that it offers the opportunity to create places that have meaning um, instead of something that's like overly styled or um, really like this... um, this like ideal image of what a space should look like instead of like, what does it make you feel? What does it mean to you to be in that particular room? So um, definitely, you know, consider reading the article or even just looking more into Dr. Israel, again, really famous um, environmental psychologist with over 25 years of experience in the field. She's been a consultant for um, both the United States and the UK, including like projects around research for, Um, design firms and visual art centers and even visual arts coordinating um, for different things around the nation and around the world. Um, So definitely check it out, particularly if this is a topic that interests you as well. You're obviously going to see more of this from us because of our announcement Um, from our pop psych moment segment, but also just because I think that this is really important. Um, Once someone gets through, you know, six months, a year, two years of therapy, and they've done a lot of work um, individually on themselves, oftentimes we forget about the fact that we can't stay in our therapist's office um, forever. And so you want to be able to create spaces and feel that same sense of safety, that same sense of growth, that sense of security, Um, in your home environment as well. So um, check it out, Using Design Psychology to Create Ideal Places by Dr. Toby Israel. Um, And that is this week's Small Talk Bookshelf. So that brings us to the end of the show. I know I've dropped a lot of info on you guys this week. Um, So if you have questions, of course, you can always submit those for our Ask Dr. LP segment for them to be read on the show and answered on the show. Um, You can submit those through Instagram, through Facebook, through our website. You can email us directly, um, anywhere that you want. Um, And you also, if you submit them, you might be featured in our Mental Health Monday um, on social media. So if you have them and you're curious about anything we've talked about today or in past episodes, make sure you submit them to us. As always, I thank you guys for tuning in. We're still moving right along in season two, episode 40. I think this was a great one, um, but we still have many. more guests ahead, many more fun topics. Um, And so I hope that you will stay tuning in and that you will tell a friend. As always, like, follow, and subscribe. And thank you guys. And I will see you right back here next time on the Emerald Couch.